This is Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams, America's top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, both of them, one from California, one from Massachusetts. You can only guess what will happen next. Coast to Coast is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coast to Coast on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams in Southern California. And this is Bob Ambrogi in Massachusetts. I write the blog's law sites, media law, and also the legal blog watch on law.com. And I write a blog called May It Please the Court. Well, uh, Craig, break out the noisemakers and pop the champagne. This week, Coast to Coast turns one year old. Uh, Believe it or not, we've been doing this on the Legal Talk Network for a whole year. Congratulations, Craig. Well, congratulations to you, Bob. And now all we have to do is figure out how to get paid for this gig. Um, <laughs> You're not getting ta- paid? We've tackled some uh, some many topics, and we've interviewed some top-notch guests over the last 52 weeks. And we want to thank our audience out there for listening to us every week. That's right. I'd like to thank our audience as well. And I would also like to thank our sponsor, Law.com. Uh, it's been sponsoring the show for uh, a little under a year with great support. So thanks to all the folks at Law.com. And, of course, our beloved staff at the Legal Talk Network, Scott, Mike, Kate, and Luann, and they've promised not to haul out the outtakes uh, over this last year and embarrass the two of us from our previous shows, and we really appreciate that. All of us here thank the Legal Talk Network uh, for their work, and we think that they're the best. They've done a fantastic job for us, and if you Google Legal Podcasts, LTN will pop up as the first in the search result. Yes, and we certainly don't need outtakes to embarrass ourselves. We can do that quite well without them. But, uh, you know, podcasting in general and in particular in the legal vertical has matured quite a bit over the past year. Uh, In December 2005, I wrote in in my uh, Law Technology News column uh, about what I called the year of the podcast and said that today there are thousands of podcasts, many produced by professional news and broadcast organizations, Others produced by amateurs using little more than a microphone and a computer. Uh, But I also noticed at the time that there were not all that many legal podcasts, and uh, uh, that's that's beginning to change. Um, But uh, if you look at the podcastdirectory.com, you find that the Legal Talk Network, uh, May It Please the Court, and uh, Coast to Coast come up uh, on the top, top of the list. Well, on May It Please the Court, my first podcast was in October of 2004, uh, starting back blogging in 2003, and it's been, uh, I've been joined in the ranks by some of the guests that we have on the show today, and there are people that are doing a uh, much better job than I've ever thought about doing. Well, you are a pioneer in this area, Craig, uh, and uh, over, on our show over the past year, we have uh, we've had a lot of fun. We've covered a wide range of topics. We've had some really good guests. Um, we uh, have uh, talked, uh, done shows on e-discovery, on the Saddam Hussein trial, on uh, Supreme Court developments throughout the year. We've had uh, a couple of shows on Vioxx, and we're going to be returning to Vioxx again next week. Uh, we've covered the BlackBerry ruling, bankruptcy law, general counsel issue, lawyers overseas in Asia. Well, we've also covered the gender gap, Fosamax, legal technology, Katrina's effect on the legal community in New Orleans, and our singing lawyer on our holiday show. It's been, uh, we've ran the gamut from serious to informative to controversial, and in some instances, just plain funny. Well, you know, I was uh, 
doing some research uh, last week on uh, tips for podcasters for an article I was writing, and uh, I came across one tip which said uh, the one thing you should never make the topic of a podcast is podcasting. Well, we're going to break that rule a little bit today, I think, for our anniversary show and uh, have on a couple of guests who uh, have been podcasting and will be continuing to podcast themselves. And we're going to talk a little bit about this general subject of podcasting and lawyers. So uh, to uh, to start off, we have Evan Schaefer, who is a, a legal blogger and practicing lawyer from the uh, firm of Schaefer and Lemire in, uh, in uh, Illinois. Ellen does a legal underground podcast and uh, uh, writes the blog notes from the legal underground. Uh, welcome to the show, Evan. Well, thanks very much for having me. Happy anniversary to you guys. Thanks. And also joining us is Denise Howell, a uh, legal blogger who's known by many and loved by all, who will now host the new This Week in Law podcast on This Week in Tech podcast network. And uh, Denise has been podcasting on her own as well as uh, on this new podcast, and we welcome her to the world of podcasting, and I'm sure that she can extend the same welcome as a well-known podcaster. Welcome, Thanks Denise. Thanks a lot, you guys. It's great to be here, and I uh, wish you hearty congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Thanks. And, and finally joining us today is somebody who's with us every week, uh, but uh, invisible to our listeners uh, or unhearable to our listeners, and that's Luann Reeb. Luann is co-founder of the Legal Talk Network. Uh, she helps us uh, editorially uh, produce our shows and pull them together and think them through and uh, get them out to our listeners. Um, and she is a former CBS Boston TV executive producer. Uh, welcome to the show, Lou. Thanks, Bob and Craig. Um, glad to be here with you guys. It's a pleasure to work with both of these guys. Um, very, very much professionals, great podcasters, and uh, likable guys. Thanks for having me. And, and when do we get paid, Lou? Oh, I thought you guys are getting your paychecks? Mm, must be the wrong that, address. <laughs> I heard that laughing in the background. Well, let's throw it open here, and let's talk about what people are saying about podcasting, and in particular, legal podcasting. So, Evan, Denise, jump right in. I'm very much looking forward to Denise's new show uh, uh, with uh, Leah Laporte and on the This Week in Tech Network. I think that's going to be uh, an exciting addition to the law podcasting space. Well, can we get a little preview, Denise? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing? Sure. Um, we're going to be doing a show, as you said, on the This Week in Tech Network, which uh, in addition to This Week in Tech, which is a very popular show and one of my favorite shows, frankly, in its own right, uh, they're branching out and doing all kinds of um, sort of more niche-oriented programming, although This Week in Tech is certainly niche-oriented itself, uh, aimed at sort of a hardcore technology, technophile uh, audience. And uh, the legal show that we're going to do there is also going to be aimed uh, primarily at that same audience, but one of the things that Leo and his cadre of regular and semi-irregular panelists have encountered over the months and now probably more than a year themselves uh, have been doing the show is they come up against legal issues all the time and they frequently have had some very interesting legal guests, um, so much so that, that there really is an opportunity to have uh, a law-oriented show that uh, is directed uh, at the technology community as well as the legal community. So 
that's what we're constructing. And uh, I'm very uh, thrilled to have um, some panelists and guests already lined up, and the only hitch in our uh, recording and getting this out there thus far has uh, been putting my home recording studio together, which it is at this point as far as equipment goes. But thus far, I've only been able to successfully record myself, and that's not exactly ideal for uh, the panel show we have in mind. So I'm tinkering with the tech and uh, working on uh, how one records Skype calls with acceptable quality, and uh, we should have all those kinks ironed out, uh, hopefully within the next couple few weeks, and get the show up there. So you won't be using simply a cell phone like you've done in the past. That's right. This is, this is my first foray into podcasting with any kind of professional quality equipment. I've, I've done a, or at least on my end of that equation, I should say. I also do a show with IT Conversations that's called Sound Policy, and they use very professional equipment on their end, much like your show here on the Legal Talk Network. They have very professional and experienced audio people involved in the process. But all I have to do to um, make that show happen is much like you guys. We, we orchestrate a phone call and off we go. Uh, and then my podcast I've done in connection with my blog, which I started back in January of '05, I think, uh, and uh, hope to pick back up now that I actually have some equipment that uh, can deliver a little bit better quality sound than my little Sony Walkman phone. Uh, that that has been my podcasting device, and that I mean that's probably a good segue for this conversation. That it is completely possible and doable to put out a podcast and even a popular podcast with some very rudimentary equipment and maybe equipment that you know doesn't require any special trips down to Radio Shack or the Apple Store and a lot of people already have on hand, and that's one of the reasons it's such a powerful medium and has taken off so well. Well, Evan, how about you? What do you how have you produced your podcasts? Uh, how have you made them work, and, and what's, what's worked for you? Well, uh, unfortunately, I don't think a whole lot has worked for me. I'm going to keep chugging along as a podcaster, but I'd have to say that so far I think I've... Uh, I've made some mistakes that I'd like to learn from if I'm going to keep going. I've never really been happy with the format, uh, long or short or music or no music. I know it's important to get other voices on the show. I think that the most interesting podcasts are, are those that have the discussion format like this one or like This Week in, in Tech. And I've wanted to get a co-host, preferably a defense lawyer, to balance me out since I'm a plaintiff's lawyer. But the logistics of that have been way too difficult. Uh, I thought, you know, I think I've done probably 48 podcasts, something like that. Uh, I like to entertain people when I can, but if you only go for laughs, then you're competing with The Daily Show or Conan O'Brien on the Emmys or things like that, and people aren't going to take, just aren't going to take the time to listen when there's so much other nonsense that's already available for free. So you have to be informative, and I have done uh, a number of shows where I've, uh, taken particular topics. Uh, I had a show about whether I thought Merck would go bankrupt in light of the Viax litigation. I had a show about Supreme Court nomination failures. Uh, I had a show where I talked about the depiction of plaintiff's lawyers in the movie The Insider. But usually when I'm thinking about informational topics, I reject them before I ever get into the writing stage. On top of all this, I listen to some great podcasts that I really like to listen to uh, every week, this week in tech, indignation. Uh, I 
there's a, a podcast called Film Spotting about film, the Slate podcast. And I listen to those, and I think, you know, they're so good at it. Uh, why bother? But the good news about my failure as a podcaster is now it really matters. I've never had any big goals. The podcast was always meant to be just an extension of my web blog. And I think from that point of view, it succeeded, and I'm, I'm going to keep going with it. Although I might turn to some more serious topics. I have to object and interject that Evan has been anything near a failure as a podcaster. I think his <laughs> podcasts are some of the funniest and most genuine, and when he tries to be most informative podcast, particularly in the legal arena, which is at a very nascent stage right now. Uh, but Evan, Evan has tons of personality, and you know that comes through in his podcast loud and clear, and I think that that um, is as important as anything else that could go into it. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Denise, and I, I think you were probably the one who was responsible for me getting into podcasting. I would echo what Denise is saying because, um, of course, as a producer, I think the content, the guests, the host, the talent, the information imparted is the most important thing because one thing we all can keep in mind is that the technology will continually change. All of us will have to change with it. But the people who are bringing the information, as in Bob Ambrogi and Craig Williams and Coast to Coast, that's why people listen, I think. Well, I think uh, certainly uh, Evan has dis- been distinctive uh, in, in the fact that he does weave a bit of humor into uh, useful information, and, and, I, and I, that's what I like listening to about Evan's podcasts. Uh, you know, and, and Denise has been distinctive in, in, in having her own voice as well, and I, I think that that distinctiveness is, is part of the key to what, what makes this makes it successful. I like the conversation format uh, because, you know, I think it breaks it up. I think it brings new voices in, and I think it makes it more, you know, more different from week to week for the, for the listeners and gives them more variety in terms of what they're, they're hearing. I've, I've done a little bit of both. The, you know, my bag and baggage podcasts have tended to be a monologue, although I've done a couple of interviews in that context as well. And then my sound policy po- podcasts are always interviews, either with one person or I've done a couple of panel shows, too. Uh, and, and the interview format or the discussion format is, is a lot more natural, at least for me. And much in the same way that voice comes across in legal writing on blogs, I think that voice comes across and personality comes across on podcasts, and it's just as important. And I'd encourage Evan to keep going. Uh, I think that all of us enjoy listening to his podcast, and it's an, it's an interesting medium to get the personality of someone because you hear a different side of them when they start speaking because speaking is very different than writing. But it's... Uh, it's it's been a big change to see a lot of lawyers, or at least to listen to a lot of lawyers. And it seems like I think soon we will start, as Lou pointed out, to have some technology changes and perhaps some video podcasting, which also seems to be breaking into the mainstream media. Uh, we're seeing more people trying to compete with uh, podcasting and bloggers, and it's interesting to see mainstream media try to do that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Craig, if you were considering because you were video casting there for a while, if you were considering going back to that and perhaps leveraging this juggernaut that is YouTube that has happened in the interim. It's a, it's a process that I really wanted to get into. It seems like when I started video casting, it was way in front of the curve, and there were not video iPods and not video types of things, and I just haven't got back into it. I put I set up a small studio in my house, uh, did a few podcasts or video casts, 
really enjoyed the format, found it difficult to set up kind of on your own. And it's almost as if you need, uh, in order to do it professionally, something like Rocket Boom, uh, you need a, a staff of people like Lou uh, behind you to be able to do it uh, even professionally. And I'm not sure whether it's worthwhile to do. And you're right, YouTube is, is pretty much homespun, and maybe that's the, the benefit. And I'll give that some thought about getting back into it. But if you want to do interviews, then that makes that pretty complicated because you have to have whoever else, uh, you know, also on video, also on camera somewhere. It, and uh, maybe with Skype, you can start to do that. I don't know. But uh, it's, right, it's, uh, I was at a conference it, at the tail end of July up at Stanford, the Always On Innovation Summit, which was typically these technology events. More and more are becoming, you know, everyone running around and interviewing one another for everyone's podcast or video cast. And the one thing I did observe was there was a ton of video casting activity, but as you say, it was a lot more complicated. It generally involved, you know, having at least one or two other people there on hand to manage the camera and equipment. And and if you were an audio podcaster such as myself, now I've finally invested in a couple of microphones and a recorder uh, that is not my cell phone. <laughs> so that I, I can do mobile podcasts in that kind of format, and all I need to do is reach into my purse and take the stuff out, and we're going. So the, the audio definitely gives you... Right. Well, you know, all of this is, is, is almost making us sound, sound like journalists, but we're also all lawyers. And, and the question I'm always getting from lawyers is, why do this? What what value does it bring to a law practice? Why should a lawyer bother I think to, you really to care about podcasts? Have an opportunity to raise uh, your internet profile. I mean, that, that's the reason that I got into web logging because of the way that search engines work. Um, you have a better opportunity to to get your name higher in search rankings and your law firm's name higher in search rankings. And I think things like uh, podcasting, video podcasting, have the potential to do the same thing. And it's in a my, promotional. In my personal vehicle. experience, sorry. Go ahead. Did, had you finished your yes. sentence there? Okay. Mm -hmm. In my uh, personal experience, I can add to that and just say that clients and potential clients like it are, and are incredibly grateful when you, know, you have something back in your archives somewhere, be it on a blog or in a podcast. And if it's in a podcast, you know, all the better. They kind of like the novel format and, and the ability to put it on a mobile device and listen to it at their convenience. If it's on a topic that relates to an issue they're confronting, you know, they're thrilled to be able to get that extra bit of knowledge and insight. And the knowledge and insights, if you're doing an interview or a discussion show, of people who are experts but not necessarily their lawyer. This is Lou. Um, one other value that we found um, operating the network, the Legal Talk Network, is that a lot of the attorneys who are podcasting um, are, are actually receive referrals or um, sharing of ideas with other attorneys across the country, across, across the globe. We have hosts who tell us, well, I got a call, you know, from somebody in such and such a place about the, the show that I did because the topic was of great interest to them and they learned something and they wanted to share ideas or refer a case or, or, or gleam some more information. So that really is a, a great value to hearing the information discussed by experts and we hope we get you know, the best experts on any given topic. 
you know, marketing is all about distinguishing yourself, and anything you can do to make yourself stand out is is going to help in your marketing. And uh, you know, there was a time when just having a website achieved that, or there was a time when starting a blog made you stand out. Uh, and right now, we're <laughs> uh, being able to do a podcast is really a way to make yourself stand out. It is a way to to uh, personalize yourself, give give a you know, convey your your voice, uh, your sense of yourself. Um, uh, so you know, I, I think that's really uh, the the key to it right now. It, 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 it's it only hits. Distinguish yourself. The, the only disagreement I have with that is that, uh, that there are people for whom podcasting is still too difficult. Um, and I wonder whether we talked about changes in technology on the producer end. I wonder if the technology is going to become easier on the user end as well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, just the the I'm a pretty. I would say high-end user kind of technology savvy person. I'm, you know, not somebody who goes in on the command line of my computer more than maybe once or twice a year. And just being able to orchestrate a conversation show where I am my own editor and don't have a staff like Luann, um, going through the process of putting that together, it has opened my eyes to, you know, there is a lot of room for making this process more user-friendly. Well, we've reached the point in our show where we need to take a quick break and listen to our sponsors, and we'll be right back on the Coast to Coast one-year anniversary show. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our practice center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Coast to Coast is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. If you have a comment or question, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. Uh, this is Bob Ambrogi. And I'm Craig Williams. And we're celebrating today, Bob, but why don't you tell us why we're celebrating? Well, it's it's certainly not uh, over the Red Sox uh, track record of late. Uh, we are wearing our party hats today because it's the one-year anniversary of our podcast, Coast to Coast, here on the Legal Talk Network. And we're joined to celebrate this today by uh, two other podcasters, Denise Howell and Evan Schaefer. And we also have our producer, Luann Reeb, on with us, who's uh, 
a professional in the industry who's been very extremely helpful and instrumental in making this podcast happen each and every week. Oh, thanks very much, Craig. I, I, I want to make one point, and then I'll let you guys talk amongst yourselves. Um, we have a lot of global listeners to Coast to Coast from the U.S., U.K., Munich, Madrid. I looked at um, one of our mapping. We take the metrics and we put them into a, a fun little map. Um, we have a regular listener from Guam and New Zealand. I want to make sure I get this in because, in fact, when Bob Ambrogi published one of the maps of Coast to Coast listeners, we did not show New Zealand. Our well, listener, in fact, in that's fact right. we had a number of listeners from New Zealand. We did. Well, this one fella wrote back asking why we didn't. He said, quote, hey, guys, love the map, but where is New Zealand? There are only a few of us down here, but when the string and can work, we listen. And um, I understand in Iceland we're second only to Magni. We are. And that was from Jeff Sharp. Jeff, this is for you. He's a commercial mediator and barrister in Wellington, New Zealand. So I want to make sure I mentioned him. Glad you're listening. Luann, before we let you disappear, can I ask you a question about how you are uh, monitoring those kinds of things and how comfortable you are with the state of the metrics for podcasting right now? You're obviously going out and getting sponsors and potentially advertisers for the shows on your network. And are you comfortable... Um, that you can go to them and give them numbers that will convince them to plunk down their cash. You know, that is is the premier question with regard to podcasting right now. A lot of people are trying to figure it out, including Nielsen, um, some of the television ratings, um, uh, metrics, researchers, because they need to measure it for the television networks who are very keen on uh, podcasting both audio and video, and they want to sell it to advertisers, as do we. We, uh, All of our files are hosted. We can count literally the number of downloads and streaming media files that listeners hit on any given day. We count those metrics. But the problem is there isn't any really nice way to collect that information. It's all collected. Uh, it's measured by IP addresses, and then they're counted. Um, and, and what we do literally is, is a rather primitive process um, of, of gathering that information. And quite frankly, we have um, coordinated with our server, our host server, to redefine a way to, to count those metrics so that they mean something as opposed to literally we, we count numbers of hits and do reverse lookups. So we can tell you that, that Greg, right. that Jeff in, in New Zealand is listening. But, but here's the follow-up question then, and I'm wondering if your advertisers are asking the follow-up question. Is It's all well and good to know if something's been downloaded, but at this point in the stage of pod- podcasting, it's pretty difficult to tell if it's actually been listened to. Well, we test all our listeners. <laughs> we test them. <laughs> we give them a quiz after each show. Um, I, you know, personally, I have over 100 subscriptions in my podcatcher right now, and I can tell you that, you know, though I love catching your show, I don't catch every one of them. Denise, in answer to your question, you can tell how long someone has listened. It's, it, it, it can be an overwhelming task to do that for each one of the listeners. For Coast to Coast, for example, there are thousands. Um, and people will listen to archive shows as well as new shows, and that goes into the metrics. The answer is yes, we can tell our potential advertisers that people did listen for how long. We can't tell them who they are, though. Yeah, we can't tell them whether they're paying attention. <laughs> But they never no, could tell that when television ratings e- either. Way back when I was in television, Nielsen and Arbitron, they had this really primitive 
way of, of you've heard of rating books. They literally handed out books to people to fill in books about what show they were watching. They were very inaccurate. And a lot of people weren't paying attention. They'd say they were watching, you know, Channel 4 when, in fact, they were watching Channel 2. Well, one of the things I've noticed is the podcast audience, as opposed to the audience who read things online, seems to be, as you pointed out, with your fan in New Zealand, much more interactive and, and desirous of engaging and following up and wanting to call in and wanting to leave a comment and, and you know, going out of their way to find your email address and, and follow up on something if they have additional information to provide. They, they do get, they get more involved in it. They, they do. I, I mean, you, you get reactions from people. I mean, I, I find sometimes I go to trade shows or something and I'll have people stop me and want to discuss one of the programs that we did. Uh, that doesn't happen with my blog very often. Well, it gives us an idea, too, that what we need to do is have a show uh, for listeners where they can uh, call us and let us know that they want to be on a show, and then we can have a show where we invite some of our listeners to participate. That's a great idea. Yeah. and you know, if, I mean, maybe this tells us that some of those traditional metric notions don't necessarily need to cross over with such rigor into the podcasting arena because you have these other indicia of how you're reaching the audience. You know, it is. You, you do have to have some sort of measurement. You're right, Denise. Advertisers do. Um, we, it's, it's, it's good information for us as well. But advertisers do need some ROI about where they're putting their buy, their their media buy. And what we're finding is is that advertisers are interested in 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 advertising and podcasting because it's an audience that they can't reach anywhere else. But most lawyers are not are not interested in this in order to sell advertising. They're they're interested in doing this from the point of view of marketing their practices or, uh, or uh, you know, getting their repu- building up their reputation to some extent. And I I, I mean I don't want to let let this show get by without kind of going back to Denise's original point, which is it, it, this is ultimately very simple to do to get started in podcasting. I mean we we're working with Legal Talk Network which is a a highly professional uh, broadcast organization. Uh, Denise is is telling us about this wonderful studio she's setting up in her office. Um Right, I mean bottom uh, line that although I'm investing in some pretty high quality professional quality equipment, it's still costing less than buying, you know, a nice computer just right. to add and, this. And, and, and really all you need is a microphone and a sound card and you an internet connection and there are any number of sites now that you can go to and record your podcast and the sites will uh, create the uh, RSS feed for the podcast and and and, and uh, syndicate it for you and uh, you know it, it's it's I don't want to discourage people making this sound uh, too professional because it, it's it's simple to get into it and that's really one of the appeals as you said at the beginning of the show. Right, and if you're not trying to be Amanda Congdon and Rocket Boom, and you have a video camera and a tripod, you know you could you could go that route as well. There are a number of very popular shows that just had nothing more than a USB microphone and a laptop. Right, that's all it takes. That's really it, along with the computer. Well, looks like we're out of time for today's discussion, so we'd like to thank our guests for participating, and we want to get your contact information. So, Lou, why don't we start with you and let you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with the Legal Talk Network. Thanks, Craig. It's uh, LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can go there and listen to the shows from there. You can also go to iTunes and and uh, subscribe as well. If you want to send me an email, we welcome any ideas or listeners who 
think they want to be a guest on the show, send it to my email address, which is lou, L-U, at LegalTalkNetwork.com. And if you'd like tickets to be in our studio audience, just <laughs> send a $5 bill to Bob Ambrosi. And Bob will let you come and watch him. <laughs> Evan, how can our listeners get a hold of you? My law firm, Schaefer and Lemire, is at riverbendlaw.com. And then I also have the web blogs, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground and the Illinois Trial Practice web blog. And Denise, our listeners pretty much know that they can Google in Denise Howell and find you, but why don't you help them out with some particular contact information? Sure. My blog is at bagandbaggage.com. I have a new blog at ZDNet that is called Logarithms, spelled L-A-W-G-A-R-I-T-H-M-S, and uh, logarithms.com will get you there. Um, And I also blog over at Currants Between Lawyers. A very prolific blogger at that. (laughs) And we talked about my sound policy show. That's at soundpolicy.net. Great. Well, Bob, happy anniversary. Uh, Happy anniversary to you, Craig. It's been a real pleasure working with you over the past year on this, and I look forward to uh, many years for more. Good. And we will be back next week, hopefully with some very interesting news from some fairly high-profile lawyers, and we're going to keep it a secret at this point about who's on next week. Thanks for listening to Coast to Coast with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams. Coast to Coast has been sponsored by Law.com. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Gee Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.